Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Freak Show podcast. I am your host, Joe Lillard, AP, and with me as always is my sidekick. Tevin Apier, Bradley Brent Bacon, and you didn't say what AP meant. No, I did not. <laughs> um, Asian persuasion. I don't think I ever say what AP actually stands for, <laughs> to be honest. I think I've only said it like maybe once or twice, which is hilarious. I am so excited to talk about the sea monsters and lake monsters this week. I really am. I've been thinking about it a lot. Okay, so you know how I look everything up on the internet, right? Yes. And it's great because Nexium, like the Nexium Colton stuff, there wasn't really any like book or anything written other than the one that I told you about the other day, which is that actress wrote a book that was like the way that I got my daughter out of the Nexium cult. Yeah. But so even that one was not very publicized, I don't think. So now I'm getting to the point well, where. Well, hold on. Let's elaborate. Let's elaborate. Okay. On that. Okay. Like, that woman, her daughter was like starved, was on like a 500 calorie diet for years. Yeah. And that's the way they were controlling her. Like, oh, well, look at your daughter. She's barely eating. Look, well, yeah, of course she was only eating 500 calories. Like, what's wrong with you people? Yeah, that's Catherine Oxenberg. How do you do that to somebody? How do you sign your daughter over to somebody? Like, yeah, you can do whatever she wants. If I, uh, you can make her do whatever you is want. Is that how she did it, or is that what she did? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, like, that's the only way that they. Well, no, could I think the daughters that. overeat. But either way, like, yeah, yeah. I'll sign my family over as collateral. Blah, 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 blah. That's oh dumb. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, um, yeah, that's, like, the only book that they did. But anyways, <clears throat> sorry. So I started to realize that though the internet is great, there's too many rabbit holes to jump down. That is very true. And not enough information is out there other than Wikipedia, it seems like, on certain subjects. This is and true. so it's easier to find a book and get it, and just read it. I'm starting to realize now that that's just what I'm going to have to do. Yeah. So with that said, this week we're doing lake monsters. So we have three lake monsters we're going to be covering this week. We have the Loch Ness Monster. We have Champ, which is in Sham, uh, Champlain, Champlain Lake. Yeah. Which is, I didn't realize, I believe that's the one that's by New York. I think it's New York, Massachusetts, and Canada. It's like in the three... Uh, is the way that the lake works. Or it might be, uh, like, technically connected is maybe what it is. Yeah. And then uh, the third one is Lake Merritt's Monster, uh, which I can't remember. I don't think there's – there is a name, but yeah. there isn't it, – it's not, like, a great one or anything in the Lake Merritt Monster one, uh, which – Okay, so there's a few different things about it's it. It's New York, New Hampshire, and Canada. New York, New Hampshire. My bad. Someone out there is saying, like, Massachusetts even, isn't even next to New York, you dummy. It's literally right there next to it. It touches it. it, touches it. Massachusetts does? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay, so I'm not stupid. I just got the name wrong. Okay. All right, so are you ready to get started? Yes. Okay, kind so each year, more than 100 new species are discovered in the world's oceans. So many of those species are tiny, so they're micro, like, they're just big enough for a microscope, if not even smaller, yeah. where you have to use a special microscope to even see it, right? Mm -hmm. But recently um, discovered <clears throat> species are considerable larger uh, in some cases. So a new species longer than about six feet is discovered every five years in the ocean. Okay. Because it, it's just so vast that that's what happens. Yeah. So um, what's cool is there's this guy, Charles Paxton, who used statistical analysis for the past like marine life yeah. and the biologies and the discoveries to show that he believes that there's at least 47 new larger species waiting to be discovered. Awesome. That's what he believes. So what's interesting is that from 1830 to 2000, by looking through the statistics of just an extra five years from 1995, he realizes that with the data that actually 51 new species would be waiting to be discovered. Because when you look at from 1830 to 1995, the number uh, went down because it was between two, 119 and 217 large species discovered during that time. So what's interesting is that if there was a cryptid 
type thing to believe in. It would yeah. definitely have to be like monsters and sea monsters. Oh yeah. So like the so like the megalodon, I I could totally see like that still being a thing somewhere deep in the ocean. Okay, so here's my thing. You have you ever heard of like these special tree frogs that when they freeze during the winter that they come right back to life later? Yeah. Like they have some type of special thing in their blood. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then fish, a lot of fish have the like same the frozen thing. frogs and the last airbender. Yeah, sure. Yes. Yes, the last airbender. Whatever. <laughs> but no, so I was thinking about it. Some fish do the same thing. I could totally see like a creature has been frozen in the ice for millions of years. Polar ice caps are melting. The polar bears are disappearing. Is it from the weather? No. It's from the megalodon. Listen. Don't don't even don't even, don't even play like that cuz you know what? When, when that actually happens, we're going to be rich because we did, we said it first. I don't think that's how it works. I don't think I, I, I think that's how that works. You think we can go to the scientists and go, listen to this podcast that I made 10 years ago. I called it. Predicted it. Like, We're the new Simpsons. No, no, no. What's great is it, it's like the man's getting a Nobel Peace or like a Nobel Prize or something. Or yes. Like, and he's getting like this like large sum and we come up to him and we hand him a CD and go, listen to this. And then he listens to it and we go, we want a portion of that money. <laughs> yes. Like, prove you didn't listen to that episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, but like, so we're, we're still discovering, um, animals that we thought were extinct like millions of years ago and then discovering that hey look at that it's not yeah so uh one was the colon conth which is like this weird looking fish yeah that they just keep thinking the thing's going extinct and then they're finding it in new places um i remember hearing that that they found a special type of fish in the ohio river that they thought was extinct and then they figured out that it was still alive, huh. like it, which is right next to us. It's kind of cool to think about. I so with that, I remember you couldn't pay me enough money. I just thought it would be interesting to look at it and be like, "Hey, you know, this is something that obviously could be true and could happen." So the Megamouth shark was unknown until 1976, when a naval undersea center team from the Hawaii laboratory made a chance catch. So they didn't even like they weren't even trying. They just found him. And then from then on, it just went crazy. Wow. Yeah. Super interesting. Okay. So now we are going to go over the champ. Okay. Or champ. I guess not the champ. Champ. Champy. Champy. Is that another name for him? Yes. Champ or Champy. Okay. So let's get started. What do you know about Champy? Well, I know Champ lives in Lake Champlain near, it's like, it it borders New York Vermont and goes up into Quebec, Canada, and that he likes. To, uh, and a podcast I listened to, I, I couldn't remember. I couldn't even begin to say which one, I, which one it was. But uh, one of them, there was a little bit of a story. Uh, some kids were out with their dad, like gathering some sticks or something for wood, and like like this fog rolled in from the lake, and uh, like all of a sudden these kids were like really drawn to the lake, and they walked over, and there's just something like standing out of the water. It kind of, kind of like a on four legs, kind of looks like a horse. The dad runs over, like grabs the kids, and like, whoa, don't go in that lake. That's not safe. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> so, from what I see, uh, both Native American tribes, the Abenakin, Abenaki, the Abenaki. You think that's what that says? The Abenaki. Yeah. And the Iroquois. Iroquois. I'm glad you said that because I was going to say um, Iroquois. Uh, so, so the Abenaki and the Iroquois uh, both have their own legends about a large creature inhabiting the lake. They call it the Tado Skok uh, by the Abenaki. So Samuel D. Champlain is one of the first Europeans to cite Champ. When you read his account, though... It sounds more like the St. Lawrence River. Okay. So, I mean, really, it, it, it's a little bit of both, and I don't think they're connected. Yeah. So, but that was around 1960. So, they state that it's a couple different types of lengths and sizes and everything, but the biggest one was between 8 and 10 feet long. So, he claims that he has seen a 5 foot long, which is which was as big as his thigh. The thing had a head as large as... As his two fists with a snout two feet 
and a half long and a double row of very sharp, dangerous teeth. To me, mm. that, that means that he got pretty close. Yeah. Um, he said its body had a good deal of shape of the pike, but it is protected by... What does that mean? Its body has a good deal the shape of the pike. It, his quote's like super weird, but it is protected by scales of a silverly, silvery gray color and so strong that a dagger could not pierce them. So does wow. that mean he tried stabbing it? Because I'm a little confused. This was in okay. Champlain's journal, by the way, quoted in 1988. Okay. So historian, some historians think that Champ is probably a garfish. So, you know, like a, like a gar. You know what a gar is, yeah. right? Like a river shark kind yeah. of thing. So that's what they think he might mean. But it's just like super big. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. So in 1819, this is the next uh, famous account. Um, yeah, so in all... In, in, uh, <clears throat> sorry. In some of the reports that I've seen... From like the eighteen, from like the eighteen hundreds to like the early nineteen hundreds, um, people say the the people were saying that he looked more like a water horse kind of a thing, yeah, more like Nessie, and yeah, not that's more what I'm of, seeing too, and not like so fish like, like it, it like it had like a neck that was like I don't know ten feet long and a body that was like fifteen, it was just crazy, well, and just, like what and like what I don't get is like with like no access to the ocean like. Like I don't, I don't understand how something that big could get there, unless it no, was also I, able to like cross land. You know what I mean? Um. Well, now that you have me thinking about it, I think it does connect to land. I'm pretty sure, or not land. I'm sorry to to other waterways. I think. Okay. Um. I think a lot of these lakes do at least a little. Let's see. Well, I mean, you know that I was saying that all rivers lead to the ocean, but like, but over how vast of a distance? You know what I mean? They do. They no, no, no. Uh, we're gonna post this on the Instagram page as well. Look at this map. This is Lake Champlain. Yeah. Look at it. See you. But yeah, but you stop though. Like you do stop. Well, no, no, you don't stop. It spreads apart and it goes into like different veins. See, look down here. Lake George is where it ends down there. But it doesn't end up here. It looks like it doesn't end pretty much at all. Look, there's like a small waterway all the way up until you hit all up here in the St. Lawrence River. That's the reason why he said it was next to the St. Lawrence River. And then once it connects to the river, eventually St. Lawrence River's got to go to the ocean, right? Yeah. Yeah, look, the St. Lawrence River gets gigantic. So technically it does connect to the St. Lawrence River, but you're probably right in saying that. This one's a little far-fetched just because of the way that it would be but you got to remember too uh the waterways now might be a little bit lower because of drought and everything but back in the day it, if he's there i mean you know it would just depend yeah yeah true true fish are kind of weird too because you never know how old one of these things are yeah. which is what's confusing to me like when we get into nessie we're going to get into a lot of or not a lot but we're going to get into kind of like the theory of like multiple sea creatures. So the lake monster with Champ. What's interesting to me, I realized too that I messed up before we were talking about other stuff and we went rabbit trailed. I said that 1860 was the next uh, big one. But the thing is, is that I think 1960 was one I just talked about. So before, I'm sorry, 1819. So before, um, it was even named, right? Yeah. In 1819, Captain Crumb was aboard a scow on uh, Bowaga Bay, which is like right in the lake. Okay. Um, he claims uh, that he saw a giant black monster about 187 feet long, which to me just sounds like a guy bragging, right? Wow. Like, how do you know something is 187 feet long? That's like, insane. Unless you're comparing it to like a giant boat, he's just like, it was... Uh, 187 feet long. You know, like... Uh, and with a head resembling a seahorse that reared more than 15 feet out of the water. He claimed the monster he saw had three teeth, eyes the color of a peeled sick onion. A 15-foot head, and it only has three teeth? 
That's this what I'm dude saying. Is on something. Oh, you think that's great? I have another picture to post on Facebook or to post on our Instagram. Tell me that sea creature doesn't look slow. That yeah, that looks real slow. They made a uh, for the listeners. They made a parade float, and the dude just has a funny looking face. <laughs> uh, so um. So there's that one. I mean, uh, yeah, he, he claims that the eyes were the color of a peeled sick onion, a white star on its forehead, and a belt of red around the neck. This is a remarkable level of detail considering that he said that he was like 200 feet away. Sorry, 200 yards away. Oh. Yards, Tevin. He was that far away. Yeah, it. if you would have gotten closer, maybe it wouldn't look 187 <laughs> feet long. This dude's at the, is at the opposite end of like four football fields and just looking through a... T- through, like, one of those old telescopes. I don't even think he was looking through, like, a spyglass. <laughs> I think he took his hands and made a ring and just was yes. looking and going, The thing looks 187 feet long, Captain. <laughs> Our motions make great audio. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. It, this is why people keep saying, You guys need to film. Do you know how much editing I do? I can't film. Like, do you know how long it would take us just to release an episode? And it would all be choppy. One minute you'd be, like, sitting back in your chair, and the next minute you'd be leaning forward, winking your eye. Your eyes would go, like, fluttering all crazy because I'd have to cut out all your stuttering. So it'd just be like, and I said, ah, um, and then it would go back. It would literally look like you had a stroke halfway through the the, camera. I I don't sit still long enough to to do videos. Plus, I'm afraid that we're going to say something absolutely god-awful. And then someone goes, Joe and Tevin said this. It's like, dang it, this is why we need to edit. Yeah. (laughs) You guys don't realize, but Tevin is very, very misogynistic and racist in my edits. (laughs) The other day he used the N word. Whoa, I did not. (laughs) I did not. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (coughs) So, um, with that though, there were a lot of sightings, man. So. Uh, the biggest one that I've seen, like the busiest year, is 1873, a New York Times story reported that a railroad crew had seen the head of an enormous serpent in Lake Champlain uh, with giant silverly scales, okay? Yeah. Then in July of that same year, Clinton's County Sheriff Nathan H. Mooney reported an enormous snake or water serpent he thought was 25 to 35 feet long. To me, what this says is either... There are people that are exaggerating, or there are multiple sea creatures in, in Lake Champlain, which explain why he's so old. But we still don't understand how old some of these sea creatures even are, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, in that uh, in the July of that same year, the ship that he was on, um, it, it, um, it was a steamship. It uh, nearly turned over, according to the tourists. Wow. Tourists? Yes, tourists? Tourists? Tourists that were on board. Uh, so then uh, there was a fifteen, a fifty thousand dollar reward in eighteen seventy three. That's eighteen seventy three money. Think about how much fifty thousand dollars is. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I guarantee it's um, it's probably two hundred thousand. Easy. Oh, I'm more uh, than that. Way more than that. For um, to find the hide of the Great Champlain Serpent. To add to the Mammoth World's Fair show. So he wanted someone to skin this thing. Hey, what, do, you, do you do what you got to do for 50 grand? Yeah, another group sighting was 1945 when passengers of the SS Ticonderoga claimed to have seen a creature. Ticonderoga? So he, you had some that out real hard. Ticonderoga, yeah. Ticonderoga. Here's my thing. With all these group sightings, it makes me think like, hey, maybe this is real. You know? Yeah. So let's talk about the late 90s, right? Okay. Okay, so you got 1992, a total of 180, with approximately 600 people claiming to have seen uh, Champ. So 180 sightings, 600 people. That's a lot. Yes. But then, let's get into the 21st century. Um, There was a new wave of sightings so much that... Um, It was on Japanese television, The Today Show, and NBC's Unsolved Mysteries, and Fox Network sightings. Uh, Then in 2003, the Discovery Channel did a special on America's Loch Ness Monster in the wake of three new sightings from June of that year, 2003. Wow. In 1981... Uh, Port Henry, New York, declared the waters to be a safe haven for Champ, just to, you know, cover their bases. Yeah. 1982, the state of Vermont passes a House resolution protecting Champ. 
1983 in New York, both the State Assembly and the State Senate passed resolutions protecting CHAMP. There's three different places with three different laws in three different years in the 80s claiming that they need to protect CHAMP in case he's real. We totally need actually no i'm black and i don't I, i'm not i'm kind of afraid to go diving but we should we should go kim to dives champlain. kim totally dives she could teach us how we should go we we should just go to lake champlain and like get some kayaks or something like that i am kayaking. down i am down but i want a gopro joe and joe and tevin go abroad yeah we're gonna start throwing meat in the sea <clears throat> no 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 come on tevin no, no. Lesson. I'm afraid of drowning. Why? Because it'd be a terrible way to go. Why? Because, like, you're going to feel every bit of that. I don't believe that. I think you black it's, out eventually. It's, it's, not a quick, it's not quick and painless. It's not quick and painless, but you pass out at some point. And then also, too, my thing is, I feel like unless you're in panic... Okay, so, like, if someone's holding your head underwater, that's one thing. But going underwater, I feel like it... Getting dragged underwater by a massive sea monster is going to be very painful. Okay, that sounds very scary for sure. Okay, you're right. I'm dumb. I know everyone listening to this is going, are you stupid? Are you insane? <laughs> what? Do you have a death wish? What is the matter with you? I'll go kayaking like you uh, oh, 100%, but I'm not throwing anything in the water. You start throwing things in the water, and I'm paddling away from you, and I'm just going to be like, bye, Joe. Hope you don't die. I'm oh not coming gosh. back for you. All right, you already talked about Nessie. Yeah. All right, everybody knows about Nessie, right? Yeah. So Scotland's Loch Ness became famous for its lake monster in the 1930s. Okay. Yeah. So, um, other than some century-old lore about a mystery creature and a few vague 19th-century sightings reported, the first specific reference to a monster in the lake was a brief but otherwise unremarkable story uh, in the Northern Chronicle paper uh, in 1930 uh, in August. Okay. So it wasn't until three years later when the uh, Inverness Courier ran a story in 1933, uh, May of that year, that the mystery creature in Loch Ness began making a splash in the media. Okay. <laughs> Pinch. Yes, yeah, splash. So um, the news item described an unnamed couple's <laughs> strange experience while traveling along the lake's northwest edge in April of that year. Uh, the couple were later identified as Mr. and Mrs. John Mackey, and they had stopped the car to watch an enormous animal rolling and plunging into the water. Let's be honest. They stopped to make out. They found the sea creature. It's not the sea creature she that she thought she'd see tonight, but it's the sea creature she got. <sighs> Gotta stop that, huh? <laughs> not good? Look at you. Not a good one? <laughs> not a good one? I don't know what to do with you. Not a good one? Alright. It was it was good delivery, but it could it could it could have been better. All right, so the newspaper described that the witnesses had seen a monster. This was the first use of the word to describe the mysterious animal in Loch Ness. Way to demonize him. I mean, for real. Was he got to be a monster? He could have he could, he just been, like, you know, looking for a job, you know, trying to scare kids, you know, got to pay the bills. Yeah. Monsters in Deep Cut wasn't good. Sorry. You're fine. So with this, uh, so they claim that they're watching an enormous animal rolling and plunging in, right? Yeah. Okay, so with that, before that, they don't think it's a coincidence that an old road running along the north end of the um, of Ness had been expanded using dynamite. So using dynamite, construction workers had removed trees and other obstructions to, to get a view of the water. The explosive disturbances and ability to clearly see the lock surface while driving on the new road appeared to be directly re related to the sudden proliferation of the monster sightings. Sorry, that part was a quote in this book I'm reading. Okay. So, because I would never use the word proliferation. Yes. It's way too hard to pronounce or read. <laughs> so, the legend was born when the uh, when that Courier uh, newspaper, the Inverness, ran a follow-up article uh, of May 12, 1933, yeah. with the headline, Loch Ness Monster. One month and 20 eyewitness sightings later, the story had become an international sensation. Wow. So it's been a thing since that long, like 1930. It's insane. Yeah. So, and then they, um, about a year <laughs> later, they dubbed it Nessie. So it is a glaciated tectonic lake. So there's glacier, I don't know if there's glaciers in it, 
if that's what that means, or if it was created by a glacier. I think it means it was created by a glacier. I can tell you. I'm not um, a scientist. So it's in the line of the locks. Uh, the Great Glen Fault Line uh, is right into the middle of it. Yeah. The largest freshwater body in Scotland is what they claim it is. And it is more than 20 miles long and some say about 1,000 feet deep. So it's a giant, quote-unquote, lake. Yeah, it's um, a pretty big lake. So it never freezes during the cold and dark Scottish winters. Oh, wow. Yeah, because um, of how big it is. So, like, <clears throat> just the fact that it just shifts, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it just doesn't freeze. The lock is narrow, however. Uh, it's not, it's like a mile and a half. At its widest. Yeah. What were you gonna say? I was gonna. I was gonna say it, it was. I think it's like about a mile wide at its widest, yeah. which is what you just said. Yeah. So it's only a few miles away from the North Atlantic Ocean, uh, and it was formed. It claims to be about ten thousand years old during the Ice Age, at the end of which glaciers melted and seawaters flowed to fill it up. There you go. See, I was right. It, there are no glaciers in it. It was made by glaciers. Look yes. at that, Joe. If you would just read a little bit more. <laughs> You so here's it. my question: Do you think do you think Nessie is real? Okay, so so we're gonna get into this because I there are okay I have a, a crazy theory that I found thanks okay. to the Bubble Butts podcast uh, that that I that is just barely mentioned by uh, Cody on there, okay. but I started looking into it and apparently it's a huge theory and I love it. Okay, so I'm gonna talk about that in a second. But before I get there, there are multiple sightings in over time where they see um, first they see two to three humps, right? Yeah. So for the creature, but then also like there's been sightings of five of them you know like at once oh wow yeah uh so here's one in 1937 the scottish daily press uh identified by some people three monsters about 300 yards out in the lock two black shiny humps five feet long and protruding two feet out of the water on either side a smaller monster uh right next to it and then 60 years later in september of 1997 a journalist from the london's financial times would have a similar experience. He wrote that he saw five Nessies bobbing companionably. All right. I don't know why companion was such a hard word for me to pronounce. Because it's followed by ably, and I've never, yeah. I've never heard companionably before. Yeah, me neither. That's new. Uh, three or four humps each uh, with a greenish-brownish hide. Okay. So here's my thing, because this is the thing, right? So everyone... I, at first, when I first really started researching into Nessie and I didn't see those type of sightings, to yeah. me it was that if Nessie was real, it's not real anymore. I believed that Nessie must have died a while ago. And it was just the fact that Pete, that the legend goes on, right? Yeah. Uh, because you can't explain the age thing because this is one of the oldest ones, right? Yeah, right. But if there was multiple ones... And, you know, they were breeding and everything in order to basically uh, barely be able to keep them all alive. And, and and if one of them dies, like, I mean, like, you know, a fish kind of float, I would imagine that it would float. So that would mean... Well, it depends on what kind of animal it is, because, uh, like, with some uh, fish, they eat their dead. Yeah, I was going to say, like, they, they would, I was going to say, like, you know, like, it, like, like if, and if they didn't float, like, they would have to, like, eat it and or bury it, which would show some sort of intelligence if they buried it but we would never know well okay so i don't understand this theory yeah well so this theory might change things a little okay and then also like there's a less crazy theory on top of it that i'm going to suggest about bodies uh okay are you ready yes Okay, I did Champ and Nessie first because it directly correlates with both of them. All right. Now, now hear me out. Are you ready? Yes. Are Champ and Nessie time travelers? Yes. <laughs> Is that what you thought I was going to say? No. But Nothing I, like it, right? But I am... And see, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go one step further. And not time traveling, teleporting. Okay. Are you reading the same stuff I'm reading or are you just throwing it out there i'm just throwing this out here like this this is literally what i what i've always thought because like with with all with all of our you know new hip and you know technological advances like sonars and all that other nonsense right yeah like so like if something was in these lakes 
we we would have hard facts like there well, is something in there. So what I'm thinking is is that they is that is that they is that they could like sense like all of this you know hip and technological advance like you know stuff like in the water and and just out of sheer you know like mystery like wanting to keep like their you know secrets of being alive a secret they just kind of like jump to another body of water okay so there there is a thing okay so so here is here is the thing one you're absolutely right. I'm seeing in a bunch of these different lake monster things, though, that the military, or um, if they're in the area, or if other people have used sonar and stuff inside the area, mm-hmm. or listened underneath the water, and they're <clears> finding, uh, like, there was one I was reading where um, it was either Champ or it might have been Lake Merritt. I think it might have been Lake Merritt, where they were listening and they heard, like, dolphin and whale-type no- uh, noises Yeah. in a lake. Like, it, 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 it's not there. You yeah. know what I mean? So explain it. You know, that's kind of how they were like. So, but but with this, okay. So there is this, um, there is this thing. Uh, oh my gosh, where is it? Okay. So this is it, okay. Kay. So during uh, this new H2 show, <laughs> In Search of Aliens, hosted by ancient astronaut theorist uh, Gyro Gia Sokalos, I have no idea. Um, he offers to think that there are, like, that they're some type of ancient alien or something, okay? Yeah. But this is something that he talks about and other people talk about that I've seen, okay? Okay. So there's a split rock, or, or, or it's um, in, in Lake Champlain. It's a deep basin, okay, in, in Lake Champlain. And then there's also one, I believe, uh, in, uh, I'm trying to see where it's at, uh, that the lock that Loch Ness kind of has like the same type of basins, mm-hmm. and with it there are these things called quartz. Okay. Yeah. So um, quartz, basically, what it is is you get these like um, these these heavy uh, like mineral type substances inside the water, and they're um, they can be like crystal in them and stuff like that, okay. and and supposedly these these quartz they. Um, they actually can conduct electricity, is what they believe. So there could be electromagnetic fields around them if, uh, uh, when the conditions are right. And so what he's saying is that um, huge amounts of EMF can be created from uh, from the quartz in the ground uh, caused by geology geologic stress so remember i told you there was a fault line underneath yeah so geologic stress miss like mixed with all these things can cause high emf with the quartz in order to make it so that there is some type of power for anyone that doesn't know emf stands for electrical electrical magnetic frequency yeah so so with the frequency in it right so so these giant electromagnetic fields are wait frequency no it's electromagnetic field isn't it yeah it's measuring an electromagnetic field. That's EMF. It's oh. not frequency, it's field. Because it, so like with ghosts, right? You're measuring the field of electromagnetic activity oh, around okay. them. Right. Yeah. No, 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 you're fine. Because I don't think it's a frequency, I don't believe. Or, well, I guess you, well, I guess it could be a frequency because you're measuring it. Yes. But it's field. Um, but so with that, so what they're saying is that basically electricity is conducted in quartz and the quartz is, um, is doing this electromagnetic thing that is, that could produce enough power to make it so that these things are going through some type of wormhole. Okay. And this guy, in this theory, there's this guy that's claiming that his friends were on a road trip on the highway and randomly saw a lake monster levitating above them on the interstate. That's amazing. That sounds to me like someone's driving, taking acid. So, well, I want I want to do what they're doing. I want to see a lake monster. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, so, but there are like different scientists and stuff that are that talk about quartz and trying to figure out. Like, there's rocket scientists uh, and Mars experts. Okay, so like for example, that's amazing. Doctor John Brandenburg is a, is a physicist rocket scientist and Mars expert. He's one of the pioneers of Mars anomaly research and since 1994 has been the principal investigator of the microwave electrothermal MET rocket thruster project for research 
support instruments, that's RSI, in collaboration with the Center of the Space Power at Texas A&M. He was a member of the NASA Techno Technical Advisory Committee of Technology and Commercialization and served on its former Space Transportation Subcommittee. Dr. Brandenburg is also the author of numerous publications and reports. So he theorizes the areas in these lakes, Loch Ness and, and Lake Champlain, with their large concentration of quartz causing EMF, could be a gateway for a portal of time travel through, through a wormhole. This dude's a freaking genius, and he's claiming that time travel might be real. Makes you want to freaking scuba dive down there, doesn't it? Yes. It really does. It does. It could explain a lot of things, right? Including, okay, so the bodies being discovered, right? But here is my thing. Let's say... Why time travel? Why not just simply, like, teleportation? Um, I don't know. Because, like, to, like, like you know, like... Oh, you know what it is? You know what it is? You know what it is? Hold on. This is why. This is why. Remember I told you about how I could not see the Loch Ness Monster being alive still? Yeah. They're claiming time travel because a past Loch Ness Monster is coming to the present and going back. That is the reason why the Loch Ness Monster could still be alive. So wormhole could be teleportation in a place. But also, too, I'm wondering if maybe they use that explanation because they're wondering, okay, where wh where is it going if it's teleporting, right? Yeah. Well, what I would think it is is kind of like it goes from, like, Loch Ness, Lake Champlain. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And back. Yeah, I could see that. I think, too, what they're thinking of is that these are ancient dinosaur-type creatures that are not alive anymore. Yeah. But we're seeing them consistently. Yeah. But here's my thing. How do these things work as far as time, right? Because we're seeing it linearly. You know what I mean? Yeah. How are they traveling, I wonder? To them, are they traveling and it's just like a random spot in time every time? You know, and yeah. so, like, the first Loch Ness Monster is back in the, you know, the Jurassic era or something, right? Yeah. And then it's coming to 2012, okay, or, or 2048, yeah. right, and then it's going back. And then it comes back through again and is going to 1937, and then it's going back. And then it's coming back again in 1632, and then it's going back, you know, in... It's just crazy to think about, right? Yeah. I love the idea of it. I do. Yeah. I think it's a great... I don't think it's true, but, I mean, at the same time, though, if you're going to believe in Loch Ness Monster, do you believe in time travel? That's something, too. We're going to have to go over that. We're going to have to... That's going to be an episode. Okay. It's going to have to be. All right. So, because, like, it's very interesting to think about, right? I'll, I'll, I'll just say for the record that I think time travel is possible see you have the the argument that if time travel was possible then why don't we see time travelers you know i think honestly i think we don't see time travelers because we don't have jobs in government okay that's fair i could see that and also too here's the other thing there are people who claim to be time travelers which is what i want to do an episode on so is it that there are no time travelers or is it the fact that there are time travelers but we are not willing to believe that they are time travelers it's kind of like People who say, like, why doesn't God just show himself? If Jesus came back right now and said, I'm Jesus, how many of us would be like, no, you're, you're not. not. Yeah. No, you're not. Especially if it was, like, you're a Christian and Jesus comes out and goes, like, this person's right. You know what I mean? It's like, you're definitely not Jesus because that, that person ain't right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like for example, it's like, uh, like um, we'll, play, or we'll play both sides of the coin. It's like, uh, Jesus, I can't believe... That that the world put Obama as president. Actually, that was me. And, or or vice versa, Trump. It's like, Jesus, I can't believe that that Trump was able to win the election. Yeah, you're welcome. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, it would just be funny to think. Yeah. And I feel like it's the same with time travel. Like, the idea that time travel exists and someone says that, like, this, this, and this, and this happened in the future. And someone goes like, you're freaking crazy. There's no way that's real because that would never happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's kind of like Simpsons, right? Yeah. Listen, if someone, if, someone, if someone came up to me and said, I'm a time traveler, I'd be like, okay, prove it. And like, you know, they told me something that's going to happen. Like, I don't know, a year or two later, I'd, I'd come back and be like, okay, take me with you. What about a new girl when Nick sees his future self, but it's not actually him? I'm you from the future. Gosh. Oh, who was that? 
like oh, I, re- I, I vaguely remember that episode. Oh, it it it's great because he's like wearing the same hoodie and everything. I lo- I love New Girl. Oh gosh, I gotta rewatch it. It 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 ended relatively okay. It could yeah. have been better. Okay, so the Lake Merritt monster. So it's a typical Loch Ness uh, style monster, right? Lives in Lake Merritt. According to the Oakland North um, article, uh, it it ended up coming out during the 1940s is when the sightings started again. Okay, so Mm -hmm. here's the thing. So according to Jack Burroughs, a former reporter of the Oakland Tribune, the monster once inhabited the lake and then left, supposedly. I want to know where the heck it went. It doesn't say. I've done research. I'm trying to find out. Time travel. I need to know. On June 21st, 1946, Burroughs wrote in his weekly column, The legend, which some go so far as to disbelieve, dates back to that far off time when turgid streams snaked their way down from the hills to form the San Antonio Creek. On a day of untold lightnings and unseemingly thunderings, a vast, slimy, and... Amphibious creatures slithered along one of these waters, uh, one of these water courses into the San Antonio Creek. Waded along the creek till he came to the um, estuary, swam out of the estuary into the bay, and thence out to the sea. But before he left, he hollowed out with hollowed out with a fillip of his tail, the basin that later became Philip. Uh, it's flip. It would be flip of the tail. Philip of his tail with the Philip of his tail. So it's F I L L I P. Yeah, flip. It's a flip of his tail. It's a typo. But before he left, he hollowed out. Just like hollowed out does not make sense. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Hold on. But then before he left, he hollowed out with a flip of his tail. The basin that later became Lake Merritt. So he made Lake Merritt, is what it's saying. Okay. He must have been uh, he must have been wired for sound, for before he left, he roared in a voice that echoed from Mount Diablo to the Farallones, a prophecy that has since been freely translated from the Old Crow Native American dialect as follows: Lake Merritt. Home. So this is like an old Indian prophecy, Native American prophecy. That's awesome. Uh, so in 1948, uh, it starts talking, uh, Burroughs starts asking if the San Antonio prophecy, the San Antonio Creek prophecy has been fulfilled. Apparently there was an old Native American prophecy that claimed that he was going to come back and they're asking if he came back. So Lake Merritt is pretty, uh, I mean, it's, it's one of those big uh, lake monsters that that a lot of people have heard of. Uh, I mean, which I was looking into it. There are 14 popular lake monsters in the U.S. There's 69 lake monsters in the whole world that people talk about. Awesome. So that right there tells me something, you know. Yeah. So it dates back before the Civil War. It says in the summer of 1943, uh, alone. Alone legend, so I don't know what that is. Alone legend states that a party of six hunters went out near the lake at night on an extended hunting trip. Only one of them survived and he came back to his tribe. Uh, with such vivid and horrible tales of a monster living in the lake, a creature with the eyes of a dragon and the teeth of a shark, with the torso of a lizard and fish's gills, that his fellow tribesmen believed he had lost his mind. And then in 1862, alchemy you hear is real. what? It's that alchemy is real. <laughs> then in 1862, he continues. Uh, he continues. Uh, this is like one of the guys um, in the Civil War. Then in 1862, uh, people hear rumors circulating around about a missing scouting party from an army regiment. Uh, it was the same area, same mo. One or two guys come back straggling. Uh, and telling the same bizarre story with almost the exact same description. Half dragon, half fish, all mean. Okay? Uh, so, here is what cracks me up. Okay. okay? This is hilarious. And we're going to end with this. Dr. Richard Bailey, a local expert on the rumored Lake Merritt monster, and the executive director of the Lake Merritt Institute... 
uh, is part of a nonprofit dedicated to cleaning the lake. Uh, and guess what he claims? He's seen the monster. That not only has he seen the monster, that it is real. Okay, it is real, and he has seen him. And uh, here is my thing. He says that the sightings of recent have um, gone up, he believes, because the lake has been more clean now than ever before. Because of pollution. Now, to me, this sounds like a guy that you maybe not be able to trust because he might just be saying that so that people keep helping him clean the lake. Yes. It's like, you want to see Lake Merritt Monster more? Or Lake Merritt's Monster more? Then maybe you need to give me more money so I can clean the lake. Yep. Sounds like he's just using it as an excuse. Yeah. But, it, dude, I want to go to these places. Like, I do. Yeah. I mean, fun. what are the chances of me seeing Loch Ness on a weekend? Uh, you know, in the middle of, like, a summer? I don't know. But I'd like to see it. Sure as heck, try. Yeah. Which it helps, too, because I'd love to go, you know, to Scotland. So True. I mean, but yeah. Lake monsters are crazy, man. And this is only part one. Uh, I know we kind of ended abruptly, but, I mean, there's just so much information, and there's only so much stuff that we can pour out there. I mean, but I am just super excited about it. Uh... Lake monsters are super interesting, and I do think that they're like, if there are cryptids out there, these are the ones that could totally be real. Yeah. So what's your final thoughts? Uh, Lake monsters, probably real. Time travel, I could see it. I don't think people time travel, but I could totally see sea monsters time travel. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I really want to go to the bottom of... Uh, Champ now and or Lake Champlain and see if I can get the heck in there and try to time travel. Except for I'm afraid I'd go to a time that you don't want to go. It makes me want to write a book, like a fiction book about it. You know, do it. The man that went to Lake Champlain and ended up in prehistoric in the prehistoric era. That, oh my gosh, that would be crazy. Yep, it'd be like a mixture between Land of the Lost. And uh, journey to the center of the earth. It would, yeah. Except, like, you're just totally screwed. Like, if you go back to, like, the prehistoric time, like, 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 what if it's only a one-way ticket? Like, what if you don't get back? <laughs> like... Oh, if it's a one-day, um, a one-way ticket, you're dead. Yeah, like, 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 you turn, like, like, you, like, you, like, you swim in, and, like, next thing you know, you're just, like, you turn around, like, the door's gone. Next thing you know, you're just, like, bam, you're fish food. Oh my gosh, that would be great. That's the other thing too. What happens if you go back in time and then the champ is there and he just eats you? Yeah. Like right then and there. Like you're just done. Yeah. Uh, you guys should go listen to the Bubble Butts podcast. They just did an episode on Oka Big Bow, I think it is, or Okapogo. Okapogo. Okapogo in, in, uh, in, in British Columbia. Dude, their stories are crazy. They're talking about, like, people trying to get horses to swim next to their boat for, like, three miles. And instead of drowning, the horses apparently get eaten by Okabogo. Oka. Okapogo. Okapogo. I keep saying Okapogo. I know. Okapogo. So you guys should totally go listen to that. Cody does a fantastic job, as usual. I love you, Cody. You are a fantastic writer. Uh... This guy's going to think I'm a stalker. Yep. Uh, but, okay, do you have anything to plug? Um, back when we were talking about, like, when, uh, I don't know, we there was a reference to, like, Splashback, like, earlier in the episode. Totally make me think of Bombarded. Great podcast. Totally Ooh, Bombarded to is very good. Yes, done by the band Lindby. Fantastic. Yes. Uh, I would like to tell people to go listen to Boom. It is a newer audio drama. Uh, it is absolutely fantastic. Guy goes on his first date with the love of his lo- or with the girl of his dreams, who's been his best friends for twenty years, and uh, he leaves and he comes back the next morning, and she has a bomb strapped to her, and he tries to save her life, and he go and his cell phone is jammed, so he goes out in the hallway to call the cops, and boom, she dies, and he is strapped all over his body. It's about his recovery and having to go. Uh, to therapy and 
eventually trying to find the uh, the killer of the love of his life and super dramatic, super fantastic. If there was a uh, a podcast, the next podcast to make into a TV show, this would be it. You got Homecoming. They're making Serial, which is like the number one podcast that has ever been made. Uh, the the aftermaths of it. Because it's a true story. Okay. They're making that into a TV show. Lore was made into a TV show. Yep. And now, they need to make freaking Boom into a TV show. I would watch the heck out of it. So if you haven't listened to it, please go listen to it and see. There's not that many episodes of it, but it's absolutely fantastic. Great, 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 great. Uh, you can find us at The Freak Show Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can email us at aptriplebb at gmail.com. You can find a Tevin at... Castle God on cat, Castle underscore God on Instagram. That's right. And uh, if you guys would not mind, I would love it if you would go on Instagram and please Instagram on iTunes and please give us a five star rating and review. Uh, good comments only. Actually, you know what? If you want to give us five stars and then tell us that we're crap, I don't really care what you comment as long as you comment. Uh, I would love it if you guys would tell other people to listen to our podcast, please. We are actually blowing up pretty big compared to where we started, so I'm super excited. 20 people downloading the podcast in a week is actually a pretty big feat for us, right. uh, but our next team podcast, I mean, that that right there got us like a ton, so. Nice. But we love you guys. Thank you all for listening, and uh, we will see you in two weeks for the second episode of the, I believe we're going to do either more lake monsters or I'm even thinking about doing sea creatures instead. Okay. Maybe like sea serpents, I think would be really cool. The There's crack. a huge thing. Release the Kraken! Ooh, the Kraken is in this book I'm reading. Super excited about it. Um, and then next week we are going to have a mini, well, not a mini-sode, a mini AP trip will be to hold you guys over. Uh, we hope that you have a great and fantastic Father's Day. Thank you for listening.